Welcome to Stash Talk. I'm Kirby Connell, otherwise known as Volley Fingers, and I'm joined by my dad, Jeff Connell. So here we go with Stash Talk. Today we have a really good friend, new friend of mine, Griffin Merritt. Uh, it's good to have you on here, Griffin. Yeah, Kirby, thanks for having me. Uh, I've been uh, seeing you pick people for Stash Talk left and right. I was just wondering when it was my turn to get on here. <laughs> We I, we found a time just just right for you, Griffin. Perfect. Yeah, that's what we were waiting for. <laughs> All right. Well, let's get this thing started. So, Griffin, tell us a little bit a little bit about your family. Yeah, um, I we're from Cincinnati, Ohio. Um, born and raised. Both my parents from Cincinnati. I have a younger brother. Um, his name's Nathan, and he plays baseball at the University of Cincinnati. It's and that's where I transfer from. Um, and yeah, if you want like a homegrown family somewhere, you, the merits from Cincinnati are about as homegrown and diehard as it gets. Um, <laughs> my father is uh, in sales and my mom is a pediatric nurse at uh, Cincinnati Children's Hospital. And then my brother is majoring in um, business marketing. That's awesome. That's awesome. So uh, tell us a little, a little bit about your girlfriend. I know you got one. Yeah, Camille. Um, Camille and I met um, when I was a freshman at the University of Cincinnati playing baseball. Camille um, was a lacrosse athlete. We're the, we're the same age, so she was coming in too. And it's just kind of weird how things, you know, work out. She's from Cincinnati as well. And, you know, like I said, so am I. But, I mean, we had never known each other ever. Um, Cincinnati isn't that big of a city either. So it was kind of weird. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't know her before I got to school. And, we met and, you know, like sometimes like spring athletes and, you know, fall athletes are on the same schedule. So, you know, it was both of our off seasons when we, when we both got to school as freshmen. So, um, and we are living, um, in the same apartment, like complex. So we were always around each other and, you know, we were friends for a while and, um, and then we decided, you know, to start dating and it's been great. And she's, uh, she's now in graduate school at Miami, Ohio in speech therapy and, you know, I'm down here in Knoxville, Tennessee, and it's been good, though. Um, we have a good relationship, and she means a lot to me. That's awesome. That's awesome. So you mentioned that Cincinnati was a really big town. Um, what what high school did you go to and, and maybe um, any accolades you had back in the early 2000s when you were in high school? Oh, there it is. There it is. I knew it was, wasn't going to take Kirby too long to jump in with a <laughs> – with an old joke, I want to put a disclaimer out here for all the Stash Talk listeners that I am the fourth oldest on the team. Fourth. Kirby, how old are you? 23. Or 22. We're the okay. same age, group. Yeah, we're the same age. See, I'm the fourth oldest. Um, I think Suey, uh, Christian Scott, Lindsay, and maybe somebody else is older. but Alvy. Alvy. Somehow I'm called Grandpa. So I'm just going to put that disclaimer out there. I'm not that old. Um yeah, but I uh, getting back to the question. Um, from, <laughs> I went to a high school called LaSalle um, in Cincinnati. It was a, a private all boys school, um, and that's where my dad went. And just like I, I know, people on here probably aren't really familiar with how things are done up there, and it's just different from you know Tennessee. Is um, a lot of the schools they're going to be you know all boy or all girls schools. It's just kind of how it is um, up there. So it's the school I went to was very uh sports oriented it was almost like a prep um for sports so you know a lot of my friends played sports and played sports in college and i mean 
yesterday, one of my one of my friends I played football with just kicked, uh, just made his NFL debut, and there's a it was just it's a very good athletic school. Um, while I was there, I played football, basketball, and baseball my first two years, and then um, narrowed down to just uh, baseball and football thereafter. But while I was there, we won the football Ohio State championship three out of the four years. Um, I quarterbacked one of those years my junior year, and then the year we didn't win was my senior year, which was kind of tough, but. Um, I enjoyed my time um, there a lot, and I, I really did enjoy football growing up. And then uh, our baseball team, we were in the state finals. My first my first year on varsity was just my sophomore year, um, and we lost in the state finals. But um, as far as, like, accolades and stuff, I was, like, you know, all, the all-conference stuff for football and baseball. Um, I was, uh, I think, all-state in, in each of those as well. So it was uh, – it was – a really good time. You know, I enjoyed my high school, um, my years. I had a good group of friends and was at a school that, you know, challenged me academically and, you know, prepared me to play college sports is what I wanted. So, um, yeah, I, I really did enjoy it. That's awesome. You old man. Uh, <laughs> so you said you played football for two years, right? No, you quit playing basketball for yeah. senior year. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I know that shot was broke. No, I was, I was, I, you know, I was more of a board collector defense could shoot a little bit. <laughs> once, uh, once I started sitting down talking to, you know, some of my advisors in high school, they're like, man, you're six two. You can't really jump. Um, maybe, maybe, maybe basketball should just be, you know, something you do on the side. And I was like, yeah, you know what? I think, I think my bread's to be made in uh, the other the other two sports I participate in. So I, I, I tended to take basketball up as a hobby after that. <laughs> I feel like you're kind of like a Dennis Rodman. Man, I was a bruiser. I, I played good defense, <laughs> you know, facilitate. I could score. Don't get that wrong. I could put the ball in the hoop. So could but, Dennis Rodman. He could right? score. Right. So, no, I, uh, I played with for a really good coach up there who was a Hall of Famer coach in Ohio for basketball. But he was uh, kind of big on, you know, guys that, were pretty sports specific in the basketball realm. And like I said, where I went to school, the athletes were extremely good. So um, I'm athletic, but I wasn't athletic enough to put off basketball for 10 months and jump in and, you know, be the guy. So um, <laughs> that's when I kind of decided, you know, football and baseball were, you know, more important to me. So we'll get on the baseball side. Uh, what was your first baseball memory? Wow. Now you're really trying to make me look old. Um, I think my <laughs> I think my first memories I have are really just with my dad. Um, I'm sitting here right now on my computer, and I looked over. I got a picture of my dad and my grandpa and myself, actually, when I was in high school um, after a playoff game. And it just I remember being in the backyard, man, waiting for my dad to get home from work. And, hey, Dad, will you throw me BP in the backyard? And will you toss with me? And can we do outfield stuff? And um yeah it goes it goes way back but you know those are some fond memories you know at that age you know baseball is just all you think about it so it's fun you just want to do it because you're having fun and not that I don't have fun now I love it but as you know the game just kind of changes and it gets more and more of a business aspect of it but back in those days man it was just go out there and hey you swing and miss you swing and miss here's the next one so those are probably the first memories I have is just in the backyard with my dad that's good. I feel like those are always the best memories. So tell us a little bit about uh, maybe who you played travel ball with 
or what you did in the summer up in Ohio? Yeah. Um, so my time in the summer was not split, but I, I, since I was playing two sports and football, um, and Ohio football is the biggest sport. It's just how it is. It's very important to those people up there. Kind of like baseball is in Knoxville. It's, that's how football is up there. Like it is football, football, football first. So football is all in the summer as well. Um, training. So I, I do that stuff in the morning and then I, I play travel ball for, um, the Cincinnati flames when I was in high school. So I got good exposure there. I had good coaches. Um, I'd already kind of been started to be recruited at that point. So I wasn't huge on like, Hey, like I didn't need to go down to, you know, Fort Myers in the fall. Like I, I was lucky enough that I could, you know, stay home and play, play the football game on Friday night. I didn't have to travel down for fall ball or winter stuff. So looking back on it and I know it's different now, but even though when I was in school, but I'm really, I'm very thankful for that time where I was able to play different sports and have different experiences. You know, I wasn't a hundred percent baseball. I really never was, you know, until I got to college and there's give and take with that. Sometimes that can be, you know, advantageous, but to me playing multiple sports and having different experiences and all that, like, I think that was more important to me and I'm glad I got to do it. So at what point did you start playing with the flames? Um, Let's see. I think when I was a freshman in, in high school, okay. it's like 15 um, or that, 14, 14 or 15, whatever that is. That was honestly, you would have been what, eight, nine, Kirby? I was about to say that too. We always played. that was That was like, this sounds crazy, but that was y'all's arch rival when you were seven and eight, I know. Um, yeah, the, uh, the Flames, it's a great program and it's run by good people. And when they're like at the younger ages, those ages, they're really good. It's crazy. Yeah. They used to come to Knoxville and that was who we faced in a lot of tournaments. And uh, yeah, they, they are the, one of the only teams I ever remember questioning birth certificates. <laughs> yeah. And well, they could have went going, two ways. Yeah. I'm going brain dead, Curb. What was the kid? Cooper. Cooper. Mays. Football player at UT. Like, Cooper Mays, and we had Ryder Green, who got drafted second round several years ago, straight out of high school. And they hit back-to-back. And at eight, nine, they hit back-to-back, and they went over the 280 fence. But then Cooper was a beast back then. And they wanted to see birth certificates. And I was like, here you go. <laughs> I knew you were going to ask. So let's just go ahead and they, uh, Yeah, those, those people up there in that organization, it's, they're very passionate. They care about winning. Maybe sometimes too much at eight and nine years old. But um, No, no, I'll, I'll agree with them. When, when you watch eight, nine-year-olds hit a ball 280 feet, you kind of want to go, okay, I got to see something. Right. J. Ross Painting and Drywall of the Tri-Cities. For all of your painting and drywall projects in Bristol, Kingsport, Johnson City, and Southwest Virginia. They are licensed, bonded, and insured in Tennessee and Virginia. Contact J. Ross for your residential and commercial drywall and painting needs. Call them at 423-777-7677. Don't forget to tell them you heard it on Stash Talk. Tell them Kirby sent you.
So one of my big interests and really has been for years is uh, guys and gals recruiting stories. So um, you've alluded to it a little bit already, but go ahead and we'll make it clear for everybody who's listening. Um, you were at University of Cincinnati, went in the transfer portal, and we'll talk about that at some point, but then came to UT. So share with us your recruiting story for Cincinnati, and then how did you end up at UT, if that makes yeah. sense? Yeah, I got that. Um, well, growing up in Cincinnati, like I said, both my parents <laughs> went there, and you know, being around it, and you know, it was kind of you know, quote unquote, like one of my, you know, one of my dream schools that I wanted to play at. Um, and when I was there, when I was younger, there was a coach there that um, was no longer there. He did not coach when I was there and they were like recruiting me, but you know, he wasn't really, I don't think he was really huge on me. And I, honestly, I wasn't very, you know, big on him either. So I, you know, was looking other places and I really liked Michigan state and that's where I thought I was going to go for a while. Um, and then there was a coaching change where the coach from Xavier came over to Cincinnati. And I really liked that guy when he was at Xavier. And honestly, you know, if he would offer me at Xavier, I, I, I maybe would have went there, even though, you know, that's not really where I wanted to go. Um, but once he got the Cincinnati job, it was kind of just like stars aligned, in my opinion. It's like, wow, now I got a coach that, you know, I would love to play for at the school that I want to play at. And I think he got the job. And within a couple of days, we had talked and I was all in. Um, that was a pretty easy choice for me. And in getting to the portal stuff, um, I think people nowadays, they hear transfer portal and they think like horror story, like, oh my God, the kid was so unhappy at this place. Or, you know, that he, they took a scholarship or the coach didn't play him. So he needs to, he wants to leave, which I sympathize with those kids that go through that because I know it happens, but that's not for everybody listening. That's not what happened to me. You know, I loved my time at the University of Cincinnati. I, I always talk highly of that. Um, you know, I played four years there. I have my degree from there. I'm an alumni. Um, that, that time was great. I wouldn't change it for the world. Um, you know, I love my coaches and then my teammates and everything. And I, I enjoyed, you know, the hell out of every second I was there. Um, for me, just after the draft, when I didn't sign, um, when I had been planning on, you know, getting drafted and signing, um, when that, some of those, you know, deals fell through, I, uh, decided that I needed, you know, a different exposure in my career. Um, and just, and, you know, there's a lot of Tennessee fans on here and I know but it's just, it's different here. Um, there's more exposure. Uh, and that's just what I needed. I felt like that if I went back to UC, although, you know, I'd love it. And my brother was going there who I'd never got to play with in my entire life, any sport because of our age difference. Um, that if I went back there, I wasn't, you know, there was nothing I could do to further my career. I felt like it was just a means to an end, um, for me. So knowing that, uh, knowing that and knowing that I, you know, I kind of want to take that leap. I, I decided to get in the transfer portal and, um, try to go somewhere where, you know, I can showcase, you know, my skills and my talent and give myself the best chance to continue on with my baseball career. So you Technically, it's still transfer portal, but you're a grad port. You're a grad transfer. Correct. I got my uh, yes. I graduated with my degree, my undergraduate degree from the University of Cincinnati this past uh, May or April, whatever it was. But um, 
And then I went into the portal as a graduate transfer, which was nice because uh, with all the rules and stuff in the portal and like getting waivers and all this, being a graduate makes it a lot easier. Um, but I think the NCAA is more understanding of graduate transfers. Like I'm pursuing a different degree now than I um, had. Plus I, in my, in my idea, I think when you commit to a school, like at least how I was raised, like you're committed to that school for four years. And I feel like I fulfilled my obligation to the university of Cincinnati. And that's why they uh, were very supportive in me leaving, which was odd because, you know, just like if I'm looking at it from the outside, like I, I was conference player of the year in that conference and then I leave, but my coaches were very supportive of me because they felt like, and so did I, that, you know, I did my time there and I, I helped better that program and they helped better me. And it was time for me to move on to something different. And just in my opinion, um, Tennessee gave me, you know, the exposure that I want. Um, and at the same time gives me, you know, the best chance to win. Um, that, that is, that's a huge, that was a huge factor in my recruitment is I wanted to go somewhere to win. Um, cause you, nobody knows the future and I don't know if I'm playing five years from now or I'm not playing next year. I don't, I don't know, but I do know this year that I'm in a position to win and that's all I wanted out of this. Okay. So Kirby, I don't, I think this one's a no brainer on our next question. Um, but who did you grow up? a fan of what college uh cincinnati just both my parents he's a diehard yeah, yeah it was because i was afraid I... i'm glad this has gone that direction because i was afraid i was going to throw up in my mouth a little bit because i was afraid that you may give me that the uh, ohio state ohio university state. and i was going to throw yeah. up a little bit uh my my dad's not a big ohio state fan both my parents going to uc um and when I was growing up, like UC basketball was really good. Um, and uh, they had a, the 2009 team, I think, in football was like a sugar bowl team that played Florida. It was really good. But I will say, like in Ohio, like almost everybody's an Ohio State football fan of some sort. And I actually roomed at since I know growing up, I wasn't. My brother is a, was a big Ohio State football fan. I couldn't care less about him. But then my roommate in college, my freshman year, was actually Urban Meyer's son. He was on oh. the baseball team. So, and him and I are great friends. I'm going to his wedding here, um, you know, sometime next year. And he kind of drug me into the whole, you know, Ohio State fandom. So yeah. I, I don't root, I don't root against him, but I wouldn't say I'm the biggest supporter. But if you, uh, you don't root against him, but you don't root for him. Yeah, I, I guess. Um, but I have been off to Columbus a good amount for their games and they're fun. It's just, uh, yeah, I, at okay. some point too, because, I'm, uh, I got accepted to dental school at Ohio State uh, this past year, so I was going to be a Buckeye, but I deferred. Um, so depending on what my plans are next year, there is a chance if you ask me this question in a year, it would be different. So um, surprisingly, I don't know whether you keep up with this or not, but surprisingly, you make like number 12 out of what, 15, 16, Kirby? Mm-hmm. Of the players that we've interviewed, twelve did not grow up UT fans. So we have, to be honest, we have most of the about ha- over half the SEC covered. <laughs> and yeah, uh, at least at least I stayed out of the SEC. Yeah. So I'm I'm I'm. One of my questions when we finally get Coach Vitello on here is, 
is that common everywhere or is that just kind of a freak thing right now? Um, because I I don't know if I can answer to that very well, but just from being in the portal and seeing how things are nowadays, it's like, if you look at UC or UT's team, like it's so spread out across the country because one coach Vitello has brought this program as it's now a destination program where players want to play here. Not that it wasn't like that, you know, five, 10, 15, 20 years ago, but I don't, I can't think of another time in, you know, Tennessee baseball history where it's like, wow, this place is a destination place. Players across the country want to come play in this environment and this fan base with these coaches and just being in the portal and seeing how, you know, transfers are common now. Um, it's just in just modern technology and travel. It's a lot easier to get away from home. Um, so maybe that has something to do with it, but I honestly think the fact that he being coached by Tello has brought this to a national stage has now garnered national interest for players all over the country. Well, he's been pretty point blank. And I think this is how it has to be. I'll say in any sport, he has been pretty point blank. I'm going to try to compete for the best kids in Tennessee. Now, now right now, Strong battle with Vandy for the best kids. And I think that it's the tide starting to turn a little bit. And the NIL kind of gives that a little more even playing field. But, you know, his goal is the best players, the best players in the state of Tennessee, we're at least going to be in the conversation. That's not always been the case at UT. Um, and then I'm going to go get the best players from around the United States. I don't care where they live. So, yeah, I think, I think, I think building a program, it's huge. You got to win the backyard battle and, you know, he's kind of got the work cut out with him with the, you know, the Vanderbilt program. Um, but he's, I think he's doing a great job. You got to win your backyard battle and then you got to fill in the other pieces with, you know, quality players that are available all over. And in today's world, then you got to go after the best in the transfer portal. So. Yeah, it's a uh, it's a it's a crazy world, but you know he uh, he's one of the hardest working head coaches, you know I've ever seen. Even when I was in the portal, it was just so evident, you know, how hard working and you know he's a very good recruiter, and it's no surprise why, you know, he brings in good players, and it's no surprise why those players are here. They don't you know perform because they're surrounded by a very good coaching staff that's very knowledgeable. Um, it, it's like getting here. Because last year I watched from the outside, right? I didn't. I watched a lot of Tennessee games. You guys were always on TV for me, and and I liked how you guys played. That's one of the reasons I'm here again. But being here now, it's like wow. It's everybody thinks there's like a secret formula to winning. It's not like the guys, the coaches work hard, the players work hard, and that's it. Like it's not no, it's no secret. Avalon Country Club in the North City is a warm and welcoming setting with 166 acres settled at the foot of the Smoky Mountains. Avalon offers top-notch amenities for all your family's needs. You won't find nicer greens anywhere. Please call us today to find out how you can become a part of the Avalon family. Tell them you heard it on Stash Talk. So you have segued into our next question. What's it like to play for Coach V? Coach Anderson, Coach E, and then feel the need, don't feel the need to kind of compare it to where you came from. 
Um, and I, and I know it's a different setting just because of different levels nicely of schools because Cincinnati probably fits more into that mid-major, upper mid-major, but so talk yeah, to us um, with that. No, in my time here so far, I can't, I can't imagine a more fair coaching staff. I won't name any names, but when I was in the portal, you know, a lot of people want to, you know, promise you things of like, oh yeah, you're going to come in, you're going to start, you're going to hit three hole, you're going to be here. I'd be like, to me, those are all red flags. I was like, you know, I don't think you should be promising a kid this because it's baseball, right? Like you can come in and in my, I'm confident in myself and I feel like I would have performed no matter where I went, but like, what if I did it? And you got these people promising you this and something that really, really piqued my interest in Coach Vitello in Tennessee is when he said that Griffin, we have a very wide open outfield competition and we think that you can compete for a job. And that is that to me was the, just a massive green flag. I was like, okay, this guy isn't blowing smoke on me. He's being honest. He's saying, we think with you know your abilities, you can compete for a significant job. And that's all I wanted. I just wanted to go somewhere where I could come in and I can compete. And if I compete well, that I will have an opportunity. I didn't want schools to hand me, you know, we're going to play you every day, no matter what, like you're going to, cause I think that's a lie. I really <laughs> cause if do. they're, if they're saying that to you, right. Who else are they There's, saying it to? And at some point you can't, you can't do right. that with everybody. Which makes, you know, the rest of recruiting and everything, you, you kind of take it with a grain of salt, what they say. But when I, uh, you know, talk to these coaches and they were very, like, they were enthusiastic about me coming here, but they also, you know, said, you know, we're a very fair program. Everybody's going to get chances. And when I got here, that's, that's extremely true. They're very fair. If you want something here, you can work for it and earn it. And that's how a program should be. Um, and that's honestly a lot like the program I came from. Um, I think the biggest difference between the two programs is just there's just more talent and depth here at Tennessee. Um, and I think that cultures, that culture can like that talent combined with the culture of competition and everybody knows that they can earn something just is like gas and a lighter. I mean, it just fuels people to work hard. It fuels them to believe and um, everybody pushes everybody. And as far as comparing it back, like you said, I think it's very similar. I just think at Tennessee, there's just more, I mean, it's just, there's more talent and depth so that that fire is just stronger um, from what I've seen. So then comes our question, were you ready for Q? (laughs) Um, So I met Q on my visit and I actually played with two kids um, at Cincinnati that transferred from Tennessee who when they found out I was visiting, we're like, oh, my God, just so you know, this Q guy's back and this guy's nuts. And I, so I was <laughs> I was uh, I was a little like his reputation kind of preceded himself when I met him. But honestly, um, just kind of the player I am, I, I value the weight room a lot. It's made a big difference in my career. Um, so I was kind of excited, honestly. Um is there days where I hate Q and I want to, you know, tackle him and never talk to him again? Certainly. But I know at the end of the day that Q pushes me every single day. And that's all I could ask for from a strength coach because I've been on the other side of it where I've had strength coaches that don't want to be there. They don't care. And that is more frustrating. And I think people can tell you horror stories about Q, but I challenge them as a competitor to flip the script 
and which one would you rather have? I'd rather have the guy that's going to push me every day, even when I don't feel like being pushed to be better. Yeah. Um, it, that's rare. And that's rare in baseball strength coaching, especially. Yeah. Every guy that's come on here says for a certain period of time, and that period of time has been different for everybody. Uh, one said he had him for the whole first year, but he, but he admitted, <laughs> yeah. he said it was me. It was not Q. It was, it took Q that long to break me. And, uh, but you know, everybody's, you know, sometimes it's few weeks, sometimes it's, you know, up to a year. Um, but, but theirs was, but now I love him and I know that, you know, whatever he's doing is because he truly wants the best for me. A hundred percent. I couldn't agree more. And I, I think just maybe being a graduate and being through it now and understanding it more than, you know, somebody that came in as a freshman, because I think my answer would be different if I was a freshman. Um, but like, I never, never disliked him. I was like, this guy's demanding and he expects a lot, but we're in a program that's demanding and expects a lot because it, it should, there should be a lot that comes from this program. So, um, and I don't no, think people I, on the always, outside, people on the outside don't realize how big of a difference Q is to that program. Yeah. He's, I mean, he's a massive asset. It's no, you know, it's no wonder why it was a massive loss when he left and it's a huge gain and everybody wanted him back. It's because the guy is an asset to this program and something that I liked about it, he's always, he, he always, he never treated me like I was a new, like a freshman. I would, obviously I was a new guy, but I was never treated like a freshman. He, he respected me in some degree. And that was really made it really easy to respect him. Doesn't mean he wasn't demanding on me, but he gave me a certain level of respect that, you know, I've been around the block, although it wasn't here. And that, that little bit of respect that he gave me coming in was, um, I think what really made our relationship good. And now I love talking to the guy. I think he's hilarious. And like I said, it doesn't mean he doesn't, <laughs> he doesn't kick my ass uh, every day in the weight room, but um, I'm thankful for him. That's for sure. Better Mattress is a knowledgeable business. They personally design and work with local manufacturers to handcraft their Better Mattress line. These products are only offered in Better Mattress stores. Whether you're a D1 athlete or just needing a good night's rest for a full day tomorrow, sleep worry-free with our 120-night Better Protection Plan. Ask us for details when it's time to complete your purchase. See Better Mattress, multiple locations around Knoxville, Tell them Kirby sent you. A good night just got better. All right. Well, yeah, I know you mentioned that you graduated. Um, yes, sir. So you graduated from Cincinnati. Um, tell us what you do or um, what you are studying here and what do you want to do with your degree that you got from Cincy or your master's that you're getting here? Yeah. Um, well, at Cincinnati, that was more of my career degree. Um, it was a, in a biological sciences degree on a, a pre-med track. Um, and then I applied to dental school. Um, so that was kind of my reasoning behind that. I think that'll be my more life-supported degree. Um, here, I'm taking a master's. It's a leadership and education master's. Um, and it, at first, like coming in, because I was very late in the whole transfer process, just because I waited till after the draft. So I, I kind of tied my own hands to that, but um, scrambling here to find something, I just want something that could complement my undergraduate degree and maybe complement my, you know, my future um, career. And I've actually been, you know, very surprised of how well um, 
this master's program I'm in has done that. The leadership, I'm in a leadership class right now in organizational leadership that I've been able to draw a lot of parallels between that and, you know, maybe one day running a dental practice or a, um, something along that, that, uh, that end. So, um, I've, I've been very well, uh, I don't know, just surprised that the degree that I'm taking here, I think complements my other one so well, because you hear, you know, a biology degree and you hear a master's in leadership and education and communication degree, and you don't really think there's any parallel, but there really has been. And, um, I feel like it's helping me. That's awesome. So, um, with you joining us this year, um, you're playing a pivotal role um, in the outfield. Uh, what do you What do you see the expectations this year for this team? Um, coming from, like I said, from the outside, I think I get a unique perspective. Um, not being here last year, I think that's an advantage to me. Um, I understand last year, you know, how successful the team was, how you know good the players were. I'm not taking anything away from that. Those that team was phenomenal. And there's that's really there's no other words for it. But coming in looking at it, you know, there's no reason why this team should have a drop off. I know that's kind of the the scary word in the off season is all oh, they lost a lot. Like like I look around and I'm like, this team has everything. You know, the other day I was watching this Netflix thing. Um about the Team USA basketball team. And LeBron had a quote in there, and he was like, man, if I had Dwayne Wade as my point guard, like, I'd win an NBA championship. If, uh, you know, Kobe Bryant was my shooting guard, we I'd win a championship. Or, you know, I had uh, Chris Bosh at center. And, like, I was kind of sitting there like, dude, I'm in the same spot. Like, I look around, I'm like, what's my, like, what's my excuse here to not win? Oh, if I had better pitching. Like, no, you have the best pitching. Oh, if I had, you know, better, you know, better infield, like, we have like there's no excuse not to win so I think the expectation for me here is there should be no excuse um that we make upon ourselves for this 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 season should be special and we have everything you know every tool in the belt to do it it's going to be those little things of you know how we bond as a team and how we handle some adversity that'll be the deciding factors but it uh we're at no lack of talent and I know we lost a lot of talent um last year from that team um but I think we're pretty reloaded and I think this team has no excuse not to perform. So you don't control what goes on in the world. Um, but say we live in a perfect world. Uh, what do you see your role as, as being uh, a part of this team next year? Yeah, obviously um, I want to perform for this team and I want to be, you know, a guy that can be in there every day that can be counted on. Um, I think that, that's something that's just comes with experience, and I have a lot of it, um, albeit not in this um, at this university. But uh, I know you call me an old man. I have a lot of at bats under my belt, and I think that um, me being able to handle that and then rub off on these other guys, because I think the the one of the challenges we're going to face maybe early, hopefully it's early, hopefully we don't face it at all, but is going to be taking guys that are very talented, but young with not a lot of experience. So, I mean, they're, they're very talented, they're young, but they just don't have that, you know, some of that in-game stuff. And I think part of my role extra from me being wanting to be a performer for this team is that I need to, you know, take some of those guys under my wing and help them mature quicker. 
if I can do that, especially in the outfield with some of our younger outfielders or more inexperienced outfielders, that'll help us get to be the team we need to be earlier in the season. Um, it was kind of cool this fall. I had a lot of, you know, a lot of the hitters asking me stuff. And, you know, these guys are probably probably more talented than I was at, at that age. But uh, now looking back on it, like I have advice that I can give to them to help them. And um, it was pretty cool and rewarding to be able to do that. And I feel like it helped, you know, hopefully it helped and, and them mature a little bit and, you know, progress quicker than if they had to do it all by themselves. So as far as my role to answer your question is, you know, I want to be a guy that can be counted on every day. Um, you know what you're going to get out of him. And I want to be a guy that helps make those those other guys around me better quicker because the quicker that those guys get better, um, you know, the better we're going to be as a team. And it's all about hitting that that stride as early as you can in the season, not waiting until, you know, you're 40 games in. You're like, oh, now we're now we're going to play good. But, you know, you're 20 and 20 and it doesn't matter at that point. Yeah, I think I think with this team, we have a lot of different guys with different personalities and, and perspectives yeah, totally. on on how they want to like be leaders and stuff like that. So I think I think we're going to we're going to see who the real leaders are once it gets to the season, because. Um, I know there's there's some people that you know that are trying to be leaders, but they just don't know how to do it yet. And I think that's something that we'll find out in the in the spring is who's really going to step up and be those leaders that we need. Yeah, I think that stuff always shakes itself off or shakes itself out. Um, you know, I, I think it's so weird that there, everybody names. You know, there's a couple unofficial like official leaders of the team. I think that. And, you know, cliches are cliche for a reason, you know, as V always says, but like there, everybody on this team can be a leader in their own aspect. I think at first, everybody needs to learn how to lead themselves. That's the hardest person to lead yourself. Once you keep, once those people figure out how everybody can lead themselves, then they can expand the role to helping others. Um, but I don't see why any reason or on this team with all these different personalities that we can't have, you know, a large leadership, you know, it doesn't need to come from one person or two or three. It, it can be everybody. And that's, you know, what kind of makes teams special is you got those, you know, there's always going to be those couple guys that, you know, everybody can look up to. But at the same time, when everybody can handle and lead themselves, that's when stuff just goes on autopilot. So I think that's uh, something that will be on the horizon for this team, hopefully early in the season. So we spent the fall together. Um, we're getting ready to leave for Thanksgiving. Yes, sir. Um, so, um, tell us, or what would you say your greatest non-baseball moment so far was at UT, or you can, or you can go to Cincy. What was your greatest um, non-baseball moment? I guess I'll just do one for each. Um, I think at UT it was uh, that Alabama Tennessee football game. For me, I've, I've been to a lot of cool sporting events in my life, but, you know, running down on that field um, after just the kind of game that was with all my teammates, I was like, wow, like, this is why I'm here. Like, this is crazy. Like, this is this is what I want to be a part of. I want this to be happening, you know, at Lindsey Nelson, and we're in the middle of it. But looking right now, I, I've had so many fond memories here, and I, I love it here. I honestly feel like I made the best decision in the world, but... Being there with my, you know, my new teammates and seeing something like that uh, was definitely probably one of my fondest non or baseball memories here. Um, at Cincinnati, let's see. 
man, I had a lot. Four years, you just get a lot of stuff. I, I Looking back on that, um, I don't know if I can single out one moment, but every second I got to spend, you know, with my teammates and my roommates um, and my girlfriend off the field were, you know, those are the things that people, in the moment, you don't think much of them. But looking back, it's like, that's what means a lot. You know, those relationships you, you form with your teammates and um, that stuff off the field that, you know, you get to be around them every day. That's the stuff I miss um, with those guys the most. But I, you know, I'm lucky here that I'm doing it all again with new guys, getting to learn new people and uh, making that relationship with even more people. I feel pretty blessed in my life to be able to do that. But when you ask me to look back on, you know, what I miss or my, or my fondest memory, just every second I got to spend with the guys off the field. Uh, that's I don't think people realize how close um, college baseball teams get to each other. So, you know, I love those guys and I wish them the best. So what do you do in your free time? <laughs> um, I feel like you know, like the 20th person asked me this the last couple of weeks for some reason. Everybody thinks I have free time. <laughs> um, well, I started to clarify I, that, but I know you probably have not had much uh, so far <laughs> this fall, but typically in life, what do you enjoy to do in your free time? Yeah, I, I, I'll give you the same answer I give you know most of them. I, I don't like I don't do much um, when I look at it off. Um, like I don't play video games. I don't you know don't have like a crazy like oh I like to you know go hiking every day like hobby like that. I just for me I've always you know picked a few things in my life that mean a lot to me and just put my time and effort and focus into them. And you know right now for me that's that's baseball, that's school, and that's my relationships with, you know, my family, my girlfriend and my teammates, those are what are important to me. So, you know, I pour the majority of my time into that. I guess, um, I feel like I'm all, like one of the, I guess I'm a guy that feels like I'm always on, like I'm always, I like to be doing something. I'm very task oriented, but when I do get time to kind of unplug, I just like watching, you know, TV shows, um, Netflix shows where I can just sit and, you know, be quiet. Cause I feel like, you know, most of the day I'm like turned on talking to people or I'm not, you know, I'm always, always like, you know, doing something. So I guess at night when I get to just unplug and flip on, you know, a Netflix series, uh, that that's probably what I'd like to do most off the field. It's just so sweet of you, bro. What she you know, said? Just being able to, that's just so sweet of you, just to be able to kick back and relax with your roommates. And, oh, I, I got great room. I mean, I love messing with, I got Dickie and Fitzy and I got Tom and, there's some characters in this house, so why waste it sitting on my own playing video games or something? I'd rather go out there and mess with those guys. That's more entertainment for me. I live rent free. <laughs> I live rent free in Fitz's head, so me, I get the greatest enjoyment out of you know mentally bullying that kid. So uh, he gives it back to me. Don't worry. I don't mean it like that. But um, nah, there, there's no video game or anything hobby off the field that gives me more satisfaction than knowing I, I live rent-free in fit Jake Fitzgibbon's head. And you can put that on the record. We don't need to take that off. Okay. <laughs> so. Chinook Seeds makes you say, whoa, those just might be the best seeds ever. Order Chinook Seeds by using the promo code CURBSTOMP35. You can build your own package today. You can design your own 12-pack, 36 pack, six flavor variety, large package, or just get a sampler pack of each type of seeds they offer. They have original, cinnamon toast, dill pickle, hatch chili, jalapeno ranch, smokehouse barbecue, and parmesan and pepper. Best seeds ever. 
Order your Chinook seeds today by using the promo code CURBSTOMP35. Who would you say the toughest competitor you you face when either you're at Cincinnati or, um, you know, just playing summer ball and stuff like that? Um, toughest competitor. Or or it could be at UT that you've scrimmaged against. Yeah, you know, I'll, I'll just I'll just focus this down to UT. It'll make it a little easier. And um, you know, this is a UT podcast, and the, I'm 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 a Tennessee baseball player now, so. Um, let's see one of the best competitors on our team you know there's a like there, there's a lot of good competitors which makes this kind of hard um, I'm thinking you know from the pitching side hopefully this isn't like a cop out answer but um, I think Chase Dollander just how he now the kid has supreme talent and God touched his right arm now I'm not going to I'm not dumb enough to not address that, but I think how hard he works um, and how he handles himself, you know, in the weight room and in his prep and in his arm care and all the little things. I think I think those little things are competing. I mean, we got a lot of guys that step between the white lines and can and can compete. If you can't do that, then you're in the wrong spot. But what really separates players and you know a player at his caliber who's gonna you know have the career that he's going to have, it's the little things that he does um, every day that you know just make him a competitor um probably the best that i've seen um one of the best i've definitely seen in my career so it's no no surprise why he's had the success he's had and while he'll have you know the future success that he'll have because he does the things right the little things every day and that's what most people struggle with all right and kirby kirby's one of the best competitors save it save it Looking for a lawyer to always have your back? Try Guards the Law Firm, Knoxville-based attorneys with a passion for people. Marcos Garza at Guards the Law Firm has an office in Knoxville and soon will have an office in the Tri-Cities. Guards the Law Firm, always by your side. Tell them Kirby sent you. So what would you have to say your dream car is? My dream car? Wow, this took a left turn. Yeah. Um, oh, completely left turn. All right, I've I've given I like cars, so I put some thought into this, and I'm gonna go with a 1969 Ford Mustang 420 Boss, all black, fastback. If you need more details, I can send you a picture. I I I've got that in my <laughs> mind. I've I've got you on that. Yeah, yeah. I'm not saying there's no Ferrari, Lamborghini coming out of my. That is, I want a 1969 Ford 420 Boss. Yep. 420 ball. You got the inside picked 420 out. 420 ball. Uh, I just go all black, man. Black I, on black. I, I know the mock. Yeah, the mock uh, mock ones that they made in '69 too. A lot of them have you know some funkier colors, but uh, 420 boss with the big engine, all black, fastback, black leather. I call it a day. You know, even if oh. you don't make it in baseball, that that is feasible for you know Doctor Griff. Well, one can dream, man. One can dream. Uh, I think Camille will be uh, will definitely be with me, you know, the rest of my life. I hope uh, if she doesn't stop putting up with my uh, like some of my dumb antics. But um, we'll have to run that past her and get her to agree on that. Or maybe we just do it and ask for forgiveness. 
Uh, <laughs> I can help you. Forgiveness a lot of times is better than, than permission. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like if I just showed up in it, she'd be like, "All right, damn, that's a that's a pretty nice car." Now I'm gonna you know chew you out for a minute, but look, you can keep it. We've got a guy here that had one for eight months and like kept it in a different place, and his wife like <laughs> met him one day on the road in it. Oh no! <laughs> and that, yeah, that's how I, she found out. Up, Growing up, my dad uh, kind of had, uh, he bought a, I want to say, I was pretty young. So it was like, I think it was like a 2008 or nine uh, Shelby GT500 Mustang. It was white with blue racing stripes. And since then, I've just been involved with Ford muscle car, mainly the Mustang. But we he had it for a couple of years, man. And I just knew my mom was like, I don't think she liked that thing too much. But uh, we had we had some good times in there, my dad and I, when I was little. And then. He ended up getting rid of it. I don't know if she had a, a, a much of a say in that or what, but I don't know. I think I think asking for forgiveness is probably the way I'll go if I ever get to that point. So, tell us what you drive right now. Oh man, I drive a 2005 Toyota 4Runner. Just hit 96,000 miles, man. 2005. So, if anybody out here is looking for a very nice well-maintained used car you can get my information from the this podcast description um <laughs> no she runs like a butte uh i love it man i, I, I love that car it, you know it's old and i just got the cassette player taken out put a you know a apple carplay screen in it so now i feel techie in it but uh no it runs great it's reliable um but that's what i'm pushing around right now me and that car got does a she garage. have a name yeah, Judy. It was my grandma's car, so that's probably why the miles are so low. I think she only took it to Kroger and back um, for ten years. So uh, I think when I got it, which was what twenty when I twenty sixteen or seventeen, right when I turned sixteen, uh, it had fifty thousand miles on it, and the car was uh, eight years old. So <laughs> she wasn't she wasn't driving too often. Yeah, my but uh, my, me and that car got a my Z only, trip tomorrow. Yeah, my Z only had. I think I'm at ninety five. It's oh four. So, hey, yeah, that's impressive. I've definitely put some miles on it lately going back, you know, getting down here and back. But uh, I played summer ball up in the Northeast one summer, so that was a haul. But you cut those out, things are doing well. And me and me and Judy, Judy Gale are going to tackle the four-hour trip tomorrow really easily. <laughs> oh. So what would you say the best gift you've ever received? Is it Judy? Yeah, aside, aside from, from my old girl out there in the parking lot. Um, best gift, best gift. And I'm thinking. I know I've had some good gifts. I just I don't know if I can recall. Um, best gift. <laughs> this is weird. I don't know why I remember this. Probably because yesterday I, I thought about it. Um, when I was 12 years old, man, all I wanted were these Oakley sunglasses. All I wanted, man. I needed them to play. They were going to make me play better. I was going to be a better outfielder because I had them. That's what I thought. Um, and my, I was begging my grandma if I could get them. And she got them, got them for me for Christmas when I was 12 years old. And those same Oakley sunglasses are the one I've been wearing to this day. They are going on 11 years old. 
and they are scratched up and beat to hell, but I refuse to get a different pair. And somebody the other day asked me, Hey, do you want, I think my mom asked me, like, you think you need new sunglasses for baseball? Like that could be a Christmas gift kind of thing. And I was like, mom, look, I've, I've rocked with these sunglasses for 11 years. This ain't the time we're going to finish them out. So I think that is probably one of the most usable gifts I've ever had. All right. That works. It's better than nothing. At least you got sunglasses. <laughs> Right. So it was, I don't know. It's more of the fact that I've been able to, you know, wear them and use them this long and all these, all these games. I can't imagine how many games those things have sat on my hat. I don't even like wearing sunglasses. Anyways, but, they're right. not really worn. They just sit on my hat. Yeah. Just, just knowing they're there, man. That's what matters. Hammond Goodies, the best cookies ever. At Hammond Goodies, they believe that all things should be made with lots of love and butter. Home of the world famous lemon cookies, now offering local lunch and baked goods delivery. And they can also ship their cakes and cookies anywhere in the lower 48. Browse their menus, order online, or visit one of their three Knoxville locations. And their cookie trucks are always coming to a location near you throughout Tennessee. If you order online, please use the promo code Kirby35. Kirby's favorite cookies. So baseball players are different creatures. And so tell me what superstitions you have, either game days, before games, during games, at bats. Let me have it. I'm not a huge superstition guy. I really am not. I, 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 uh, I'm more of a routine guy. I wouldn't say I'm a superstitious guy. I like to do – I guess I, now you're giving me a weird look. So I, maybe you think I am a no. I uh, I really I, I I haven't seen enough to know. Nah, so. I don't like I don't like jiggle coins in my back pocket every day. Like whatever. Yeah, but, he uh, does. He wears the same glasses for eleven yeah. years. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe maybe I need to put that on the list. Dude, the only thing I think last year I got superstitious about because I was having a really good year is. I was getting Dunkin' Donuts coffee before every game. And I was like, I like a couple days I didn't get, I think it was some like midweek late games. I just didn't play well. And I was like, dude, like it's gotta be whatever's in this it's coffee. coffee. So, right. I was, uh, I had like, I, I was on some like news thing or something that got out. So I was trying to, you know, hit up Dunkin' Donuts to get them to sponsor me, man. Cause I was dropping like 30 bucks a week on Dunkin' Coffee and the, but the wallet was hurting. Um, unfortunately it never got back to me. So Duncan, I'm giving you a second chance. If you hear this podcast, please help, help a poor baseball player out right now because I'm still buying the coffee. Um, but But you should, are you buying it during the fall? Dude, I buy it every day now. I'm like, I'm like, this thing is just making my, I think, I think I might have a little caffeine addiction. Okay. But (laughs) yeah, if they, they went and got one today, I did. I actually did get one today. Uh, so if, um, like I said, if this reaches anybody at Dunkin' Corporate, just reach out, man. It would be, it would really help me. Okay. But uh, no, it's besides that, and my, I guess my sunglasses. Not a huge superstitious guy. Just like my routines, I like you know handling myself before games the same way. Um, just in like my prep routine and my stretching and my mobility um, in the cage and my pre hitting stuff like that. I think uh, that allows me to kind of hit a focus level um, that I can, you know, revert to before each game. So, so let me, let me help you with whatever. this. 
if you want to see stupor, superstition, superstition, <laughs> maybe even superstition at its finest, just watch Xander next time he pitches. I watch Xander enough. I, I would not be very surprised if you said Xander had some crazy superstitions because like what, whatever kid, the craziness and like he tried to explain it to us that how he walks around the mound and then jumps really fast and, you know, Kirby said he added something else to it, and I'm like, oh, my gosh, stop. Yeah, I don't know, man, but he, he, he threw all this fall, so whatever he wants to do, man, go ahead as long as you go in there and get yeah. outs like he does. So he, um, I, I'll support anybody's superstition. I think whatever works for you, man, I just want you guys to perform. So, <laughs> All right. As long as it's not weird. <laughs> it works. Who would you have to say your biggest influence or supporter in becoming a baseball player was? Um, probably my dad and my grandpa. Um, as I said earlier, you know, I had starting out as a little kid. My fondest memories were with my dad um, playing baseball and my grandpa. Um, he uh, played baseball growing up. He ended up he scouted for a while for uh, the Indians and the Braves. Um, he played for the he had a stint with the White Sox for a little bit when he was playing. Um, but he was just such a you know big mentor and supporter to me. And he passed away when I was a sophomore at Cincinnati, and um, it kind of it kind of hurt. I mean, it, it obviously it hurt, but it, it hurt me during the season too to not be able to you know refer back to him. I mean, he, this guy he came to all my away. He was eighty seven every away game, everywhere he's there. Him and my dad everywhere, um, and so always kind of you know having him there to ask. Um, you know, some advice. And when he passed, you know, I couldn't do that anymore, but I definitely still feel, you know, that little, you know, that feeling when you feel like, Oh, I'm not doing this alone kind of thing. So that, that's been pretty cool. And, um, you know, my dad's still getting to all my games is, is special and I'm thankful for that. And I'm happy I chose, you know, to come to Tennessee that, you know, it's pretty close that, that, uh, that'll continue. You know, I didn't decide to go to some of those other schools it's too far away for him. So, um, those two are definitely the biggest influences on me. And, you know, something weird I've been looking forward to is like, I can't wait to get home to home tomorrow and, you know, text my dad and bother him and be like, Hey man, he's trying to throw a VP. I know his arm has not touched a baseball in a year, but he's going to, I'm sure he's going <laughs> to go in there. He's going to throw a couple to the backstop and, but he'll get him in the zone eventually. So I'm looking forward to that. Get your Folly Fingers merchandise. We've got jerseys. Brand new order of orange, white, or checkerboard jerseys just in time for football season. We have leather patch caps. You can check us out on all of our social media at Volley Fingers or contact us at volleyfingers at yahoo.com. Get your stash merchandise today. All right, so this question can either go for Cincinnati or Tennessee, um, but what has been your favorite moment playing baseball either at Cincy or at Tennessee um I'll try to do one for each I think at Cincinnati my favorite moment um I have two I have one that was like a personal one and one that was a team one my first year I played a lot and I got hurt and um that was really looking back on it the most successful season we had as a team was my first year and it was kind of tough because, you know, I played the whole season and then I was kind of banged up and, you know, I wasn't able to be in the lineup and, um, 
you know, now we're in a regional and we're opening at Oregon State in a regional Friday night and I can't play. But, you know, I was the biggest cheerleader on that bench. And the, we beat Oregon State on the opening regional night at Corvallis. Um, that was the probably the coolest thing just because, you know, they're the they were a national seed, one seed. And, you know, we're the four seed in that regional. And to go beat them was uh was pretty cool as an experience. And even though I didn't, you know, I couldn't step on the field, it was definitely one of the coolest experiences there. Um, let's see at Tennessee, that orange white series, man, was kind of crazy to me. Um, I thought when, when big Chuck Taylor hit the walk off grand slam for, uh, the white team that second day, uh, I was like, man, like that, that was pretty cool. And just the way, the way that Chuck goes about his business, you know, Chuck's more of a defensive focused player, but, you know, he, he works his butt off to be a better hitter. And I respect the kid, and I think he's about the right stuff. So, you know, guy that had kind of an up-and-down fall at the plate, seeing him come through in that situation just uh, was, was pretty cool. So that's probably my favorite memory so far at Tennessee, um, baseball-wise. All right. I, t- I tend, to, well, I tend now- to have better – like looking at, at it, I think – it's weird that, you know, personally you think, you know, some of the things you do are more rewarding, but I think watching some of my teammates do stuff or watching the team do something, um, this cliche, I don't want it to be a cliche, but that, that seems to be yeah. more rewarding to me when you ask me those questions, you know, those pop in my head, not, Oh yeah, this one time, you know, I went four for four. Like that never pops in my head. It's always something like bigger. Big team guy. And that was part of our, that was part of our waiting on you guys was to give you enough time at UT to even have a clue how to answer some of these questions. Um, but we felt like, okay, by the end of the fall, you know, and so that that's been part of it is, you know, I mean, the first week, if we'd ask you about, <laughs> right. Yeah. I wouldn't be able to answer. Been like, and Kirby's over know. there saying big team guy, but you know, something yeah. I, I like to say, you know, that I'm proud. And I think this was taught to me by my former coaches is like, and I, uh, hopefully Kirby can attest to this. I know we're not around each other t- all the time because of hitter pitcher, but like, you can't really ever tell what kind of day I'm having at the field. Like I'm the same person, you know, every day, whether I'm three for three with three home runs or I'm over three or three strikeouts. Uh, I, I handle myself the same way and you won't see, you know, emotion out of me really. Like I'm, a, I'm an emotional person, but I'm not like, I don't wear that on my sleeve. Like you couldn't walk in the dugout and be like, Oh, I know what kind of day Griffin's having at the plate. Like you wouldn't be able to tell. And that's something that took me a while to learn. Um, and I learned it throughout my career of taking the bigger picture picture versus, you know, hyper-focusing on one or two at bats in a game, understanding that, Hey, I'm going to have 300 at bats this year. Like if I can keep the same consistent mindset into 300 at bats for a season, then the numbers will shake out in my favor. So that's something that I think as a player, I've been pretty proud of. And, and hopefully, you know, that's carried on over here because I know my roommates tell me all the time, they're like, dude, like, I don't know if I've ever seen you mad. I'm like, oh, trust me, I'm mad enough most times. But, you know, I just, I like to carry myself at baseball, especially, you know, the same attitude, same approach to each thing I do, no matter what the, you know, past result has been. That's true. I don't think I've ever seen you mad. <laughs> See? Yeah, I don't know. I've, I've been mad. Trust me. You told me to top of that plank again. I was pretty mad. But uh, <laughs> uh, for we'll the most part. Get ready for it tomorrow morning. 
Uh, 6.15 a.m., man. Uh, no, but for the most part, especially more on the field stuff, the hitting is probably the biggest thing is you, I don't think there'll be very few times you can look at me this year and be like, oh, like he's having a good day or always having a bad day. And that's something you know, I'm proud of. Yeah, no, stay in the middle, no man. Big everybody, wants, no big everybody wants consistency in baseball. Every scout wants consistency. Coach wants consistency. To me, I just don't know how you're going to be consistent if your your mindset and attitude just changes drastically every three innings when you get to hit. Like to me, it's you know if I can have a consistent approach and mindset to every at bat, that's how you get consistent results. Not oh man, I'm on top of the world because I had to hit my first at bat, and oh man, now I, I I'm not I suck this game because I struck out my first at bat. Like honestly, if you ask me, I couldn't really care less. It's always been what's next for me. So. Yeah, I've kind of always preached if it's going to be a big high or a, a big low, it better be life-determining. Yeah. And, yeah. I mean, you, you beat, you know, you throw the last strike out to sweep Florida or to sweep Vandy or fill in the blank, you know, okay, that may be a, a big moment or you hit the, you know, totally. walk-off home run. Totally, yeah. So, know, then, yeah. Yeah, celebrating. But it ought to be a big moment. Good or bad. I mean, it better be really bad, like you give up the home run right. in the bottom of the night, you know, to cost your team a chance to go. Then, yes, it ought to, yeah, it ought to be a little emotional. Yeah, there's a period of time where, you know, reacting to a result. I mean, if you're a competitor, like, yeah, you're going to be upset if, you know, you don't come through in a big situation. And you're going to be also excited when you do. And, I mean, I definitely give myself time to, you know, enjoy or be frustrated for a second but then it's over like it's done and yeah. if you yeah you can't it, live there and no. i know players that live there yeah i've seen it destroy kids and players i played with that were very good players i think mentally that's where you know i might not be you know the most talented guy in the world um you know tools wise but i feel like mentally um i can go up against you know anybody i think how i handle myself inside my head is part of the reason i've you know been able to develop into the player that I've been um, able to. So what has been your worst moment? My worst moment. Let's see. Um, I don't know if I would categorize this as my worst moment. Um, trust me, I've had plenty of, you know, stretches of my career where it's been, you know, as a hitter, it's up and down. I've been in the downs just as much as I've been in the ups. It's, you know, it's part of, it's part of growing up and it's part of learning how to become a, you know, an every a professional hitter. Um, but I think the toughest moment for me was when my career ended, what I thought had ended last year um, at Cincinnati. When my, when I thought my collegiate career had ended, let me rephrase that. Um, and looking around and just knowing that, Hey, like, I'm not going to put this uniform on again. And I, I had known in the back of my head that if, you know, if the draft had it worked out um, how I was expecting it to, that I was going to grad transfer. So I knew when that final out, um, it was in Clearwater against Tulane, was called that that was me hanging up that uniform. And I put a lot of a lot of effort and, you know, blood, sweat and tears into that university and that program. So watching those guys around me, too, who, you know, some of them weren't as fortunate as I was. And that was the end of their baseball career. Like that was it. That was tough. Um, nothing really prepares you for that. And, you know, I, I challenge you as a player, if you're like, man, if that last game of the season doesn't eat you up, then you didn't do something the right way. 
but holding my holding my buddies in there and you know crying and seeing my family and just knowing that hey like this really good chapter of my life has has now ended that that was the hardest thing but you know god has a crazy way of working things out and you know i'm in a new chapter of my life that you know i'm in love with and i i i like everything about it and you know i'm I like it more if, or just as much if not more than you know my last chapter so i'm excited um for that but toughest moment yeah definitely sitting there and uh you know i it, that was the one time in my career i know i just said how i didn't get emotional but i got emotional and i ended up getting thrown out of the game after the game ended <laughs> so um yeah that's a that's a conversation for another time but now i'm dealing with the ramifications. <laughs> i'm gonna have to ask you about that one tomorrow yeah i'm dealing with the ramifications of that now um just to see because uh, there's, you know, consequences that come with getting thrown out of games. And I would have to deal with them at the beginning of this season, if I'm trying to say or allude to something. Um, but we'll see uh, how that all shakes out. All right. Well, I think we can say that you and Coach A may or may not be <laughs> there for the first game. Yeah, uh, maybe <laughs> in my case, the first two. But, you know, we're trying to work it down to one. We'll see. <laughs> All right. Um, so when you think about all the teammates um, that you played with, which teammate would you pay to watch? Pay to watch on the field or pay to watch off yep. the field? Because those are two different answers. Um, pay, pay to, to watch, watch on, on the, the field. field. Man, there's so many guys here at UT that I could pick from. Um but not being here, you know, as long, I'm just going to revert back to my, my previous time. Um, there's this guy in my first year, man, this, his name was AJ Bumpus. He drafted by the Reds when I was a freshman. He was a senior. I mean, I thought this guy walked on water. He was crazy good outfielder, left-handed hitter, beautiful swing. Um, towards the end of that season, man, he got hot. He, he I mean, literally he had a, he didn't have a good, a very good season numbers wise. And then the last like month, I mean, it literally got him drafted. Like his one month of playing, it was, it was ridiculous. I mean, this guy couldn't get out. He was like conference tournament MVP, Corvallis regional MVP. Like, this guy was nuts. And just as a fan, if I could go back and pay to watch AJ Bumpus in that month long stretch, it was something, you know, it, when you just can see pure art at the plate. I mean, this guy was just unconscious up there for a whole month. All right. I want to say I want to say this guy had like two home runs in the season, and then he hit like eleven in the next like ten games or something ridiculous. Like it was just it was stupid. That's pretty yeah, good. That was one of yeah one of the most impressive stretches I've seen at the plate. Safe to say. So we get a little serious here at the end. Who's your hero? Um. I'd say both my parents um, for different reasons. You know, I, I grew up in a household that my parents are always just so supportive of anything I wanted to do. Um, I was my parents never pushed me to you know play sports or pushed me to do something certain in school. Um, it was always Griff, if you you know you have conviction in what you want to do, we'll support you. Um, both my mother and my father are definitely you know my heroes, and even my younger brother. He has so many just. He's finding his own way right now, and you know he's a freshman, and he's going through the struggles that you know all freshmen go through. But you know that kid for me, and it's it's just me and him too, um, the only kids. So 
just my whole family and I wish I could see them right now and I get to see them tomorrow and I'm looking forward to it. But, uh, that just in general, I mean, I, I couldn't ask for a more supportive and, um, loving family. Um, I, I'm just, I'm, I'm so thankful and so blessed that, you know, I have those three people in my life and I will, you know, I hope they feel the same way. And I'm, I think they do. So we know you can't compete at the level that you guys compete without being passionate on the field. But let's talk about your passions off the field. If you could solve one or two world problems, what would they be and why? Um, let's see. I guess something that's just been in the forefront of the news lately, just you know, a lot of the political stuff. And, you know, everybody has their own opinions, and I respect everybody's opinions. But I think if – I could solve one problem, man. It would just be just the major divide that a lot of people have on issues. Um, I feel like at some point there needs to be a give and take. And, you know, I just wish it was a little bit easier for people to give and a little harder to take. And, you know, there could be a little compromise and everybody could, you know, you know, sacrifice something for the greater good to make it work. Um, that would be one. Um, Let's see. This is a, not not really a, like a crazy world problem of you know whatever, but I think I don't know. Another world issue. I think I, I keep hearing all this stuff about all this travel stuff uh, in the United States with like these like hyper trains and stuff. Like this isn't a huge problem, life or death problem kind of thing, but. Like, whoever's working on that, like, let's get that thing rolling because that sounds crazy <laughs> awesome to me. Like, I've been hearing about this stuff for years. Like, you're telling me I could zip from Knoxville to the California beach for dinner and then come back? Like, whoever's working on that and you know, can make that happen, if I could jump in and give you a hand, if I could, I would because that just sounds crazy awesome to me. Or like, oh, I can bounce <laughs> home and, you know, go to dinner with my girlfriend and get back for, you know, night practice on a Sunday. Like, Come on, let's 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 make this happen. But uh, yeah, I guess those would be my my two issues. I guess my one issue and my encouragement to the other people that are a lot smarter than me doing the other one. Oh my lord, Kirby, what, right. would, what would Kirby's be? Um, so mine is um, ALS um, for Chad Dallas. His. Uh, his dad had ALS and I just got to experience it firsthand of how that um, just changed his life in the matter of a few months. So, yeah. Yeah. That's a good one. All right. So for our last question, um, we got a really good one for you. You ready for this one? I'm ready. What was it like to be the... Conference player of the year. <laughs> oh man, oh, man. It, it was uh, it was cool. And you know, if I hadn't wanted either, then I don't think it would have changed. You know how I felt about the season I had last year. But you know, re- receiving recognition in any in any fashion is a uh, it's a compliment and it's a little validation. No, I didn't feel like I needed that, but um, trust me, it's nice to have. Um, you know, it, it showed a lot of 
respect from the other coaches in the conference, um, you know, to name me that players. There was, you know, the American Conference, it has a lot of very good players, very good players that, you know, also were would have been very deserving of that. But um, getting that was really cool. And I guess if I am to have a favorite personal moment, when I went to the conference tournaments, they, I got named conference player of the year on a Monday, and we opened conference tournament play Tuesday. And I had an interview with the conference on Monday, and they told me about the curse of the conference player of the year. How, like, I don't know why they were telling me this. I was like, really? But uh, they were like, oh, yeah, the conference player of the year just historically has just performed absolutely horrible in the conference tournament. And I was like, what? Like, why would you tell me this right now when I have a game that's the next day? just what you want to hear. Yeah, that's what I said. So I, I, I told myself, I'm like, you're like, screw these people. Like, I'm, gonna, I'm breaking this curse tomorrow. And I came out the next day against Tulane. I was like three for four with a double, two immers, and like five five runs batted in. I, after it, they interviewed me, and I was like, please don't ever bring that curse up again. So if you're asking for a personal favorite, that was probably mine. Stick it to the person I was trying to get in my head. But uh, <laughs> I guess overall, just how it was, it was good. And, you know, I was proud to bring that back to the university um, that I was at. And, you know, that's a that's a very – it's a very individual award, but at the same time, like people don't understand how much goes in to being a successful student athlete, like just academically and coaching staff and teammates wise and weights and nutrition and everything. All these people helped me get that. And the award says my name on it, but it should say 50 others. So um, it was proud and I was honored to kind of bring that back to that university. You but, know what those awards are made for? For what? Lost souls. <laughs> just i let you know that. I got you. <laughs> okay, we're gonna be quick on this pick 'em, right. but I gotta I gotta get y'all on the record. So uh, I'm gonna elaborate as much as you want, but you gotta pick. So I think there's seven of them. Here we go. Georgia, Georgia Tech. Um, I'll say. <laughs> I'll say. Uh, I'll just say Griff, Georgia. I don't know what you're thinking. Like, wh- what are you just, thinking about? Well, what is it like? Do, do I like Georgia or Georgia Tech more? I don't like. No, 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 no. You choose who wins. Like, it's like, going to win Saturday. Oh, like, oh man! I thought this was a pick the school I like better. I'm like, I don't like any. No, movie. no, George, come on, Georgia, give me a layoff, and I just missed it. <laughs> I was uh, like, Georgia. man, he's putting way too much thought into this. And I know Georgia might could trip up, but wow. No, no. Georgia's going to beat the, the brakes off of Georgia Tech. Yeah, I mean, Kirby and his dad, Jeff, just threw me a alley-oop, and I just didn't even jump for it because I thought it was, which school does Griffin like better? And I was like, man, I don't <laughs> care about either of these schools. No, Georgia, final answer. Georgia. Georgia. Florida, Florida State. Um, Florida. Florida State. Where's the game at? Uh, at Florida State, but it really won't matter. Uh, Florida State by thirty. By thirty. All right. Well, I'll, I'll take I'll take the underdog there. I guess. Okay, here, here, you, you're going to have a little more advantage on us on this one, Tulane and Cincinnati. Cincinnati, come on, man, they're playing at 
they're uh, they're playing at the NIP. Cincinnati hasn't lost at NIP or Stadium in like five years. Knock on wood. But Luke Fickle will have those boys ready to play. Cincinnati, I'm never picking against the Bearcats. I guess I'm going to take the Bearcats. All right, we'll make it a three-way tie there. There it is. Uh, I was going to be a little upset. I may have to clarify this one for him, Kirby, because I was going to say Little USC, but South Carolina and Clemson. Ooh. I mean, Clemson. I got to go Clemson. Although South Carolina literally looked like the the greatest team on earth last weekend. But I'll take Clemson. <laughs> I'm going to say Clemson. I'm going Clemson, too. Um, Auburn, Alabama. Where's the game? I don't think it'll matter. Alabama, actually. Alabama. Auburn. <laughs> yeah. Auburn is, in, uh, Auburn is in the outer end of the pass this year. I'm going to go Alabama. I'm going Alabama, but that may be closer than most people think. You wouldn't be surprised if Auburn put up a fight. Um, I, know, I know what this no, last game is going to be. I already know. Um, so here we go, the Big Ten. The big, the big rivalry game. Here it is, the game. Michigan, Ohio State, and I'm not I, calling them the Ohio State. Ohio you State. Know, look, I told you I was an Ohio State fan. Um, I'm not that big of one, but I'm more of an Ohio State fan than a Michigan fan. That's for sure. So I'm going to take the Buckeyes. You know, neither team has looked really good. Uh, Vols on top, by the way. Um, I will. I will agree with that. I'll agree State. with. I'll agree with the Big Ten is a candy crush conference this year, and that those undefeated records should be taken with a grain of salt because teams are beating Northwestern by three points. Come on now, you can't tell me a Big Ten team winning by th- seven points against Maryland. Come on, come on. But I know they're both. Whatever, whoever they are and they, their names precede them. But the Buckeyes will win this weekend, but the, Michigan should not be in the playoff. Whoever loses this game should not get in the playoff. So I would be happy if they went in seven overtimes and they called it a tie and played soccer rules or something. But I will go with Ohio State. And then University of Tennessee at Vanderbilt. Well, Tennessee opened up 14-point favorites this today. I think that was – honestly, I think that's a little insulting. Um, I know that Hooker, you know, his career at Tennessee kind of came to a, a tough end, but uh, I think Tennessee is going to be out for blood in Nashville this weekend. Um, I got Tennessee by a million. I think Joe Milton's going to lead the offense to paradise. I'm going Vols on top. Um, <laughs> I'm not going to get kicked off the program for this, but it will not surprise me if Vanderbilt wins. So you're saying Vandy wins? No, I'm going Tennessee. Okay. But he's not surprised. But, so he just he just played both hands. But let me say, if we were, if I could take the points, I might would take the points. Are you taking the under or the over? Yeah, I would I would go with Vandy if you gave me the fourteen. Vandy because, plus fourteen. You heard it here. Oh, you heard it here, Vols fans. Jeff Kirby taking Vanderbilt in the plus fourteen. Wait a minute, you got to know. Um, 
I'm a Georgia fan in football. I'm only a Tennessee fan. I'm only a Tennessee fan in baseball. So, yeah, like, and that's crazy. out there. For that, I'm not revealing anything. I'm I'm working toward it, and but this will be the determining factor because if Vandy upsets UT, I can promise you, Facebook will be blowing up, calling for Hopple's head. Yeah, I'm sure it will. Um, but I don't. I, I think I think uh, Vanderbilt or uh, Tennessee handles their business this weekend. I, I I I just with Hooker not being there, supposedly maybe four to five other starters not being eligible this weekend. Um, two on offense and maybe three on defense. It could be a whole different ballgame. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't know all that information. So, but I'm still taking. <laughs> well, it'll be interesting to see because there have been a lot of things that went on before the game Saturday, after the game Saturday. So, it's still iffy as to what they're going to do with all of it. But I, I think it's enough to cause chaos. So, let's see. Well, we'll, we'll have to watch and see. But but I think if if South Carolina plays like they did Saturday, they'll beat Clemson. I think if South Carolina plays like they did Saturday, they're going to beat anybody in the country. Yeah, they're they're not beating Georgia. <laughs> if they're, they're, Spencer uh, Rattler has six touchdowns, I think they beat them. No, they literally ran out of well, fireworks at the stadium. No, their their defense. I mean, their offensive line can't keep Georgia's defense out. They scored nine out of ten possessions. I don't think it matters. But Tennessee didn't blitz like Georgia does. That's the difference. Look, no Spencer comments. Rattler was like on um, 2015 Tom Brady out there this weekend. I, I don't know if Georgia's sending 30 guys at him. He's somehow there scoring. He looked like my, the week, like my the guy week before Joe that. The week before that, he looked like a bad middle school coach, middle middle yeah. school quarterback. Against Florida. Yeah, so I don't know. 127 yards, no passing TDs. Like, it was horrible. Okay. So we're going to close out here. Griffin, do you have any NIL deals that you would like to make us aware of that we can help you with? Um, no, not much I want to put on here. Um, just shout out Kirby and me, Better Mattress. Uh, you know, mattress Mike. Very good night's rest. Just got better. Just got better. Yeah, it did. You know, Mike hooked us up with these vests, and I've been – trust me, I've been marketing this thing all around town. I sent him some pictures this weekend, and I know I got a good laugh out of them. But, uh, no, man, those are great people there. If uh, anybody's looking to, you know, upgrade a mattress or, you know, purchase a new one, um, Mike will definitely, you know, take care of you, and he's, uh, he's surrounded by good people. So I'll just plug Mike in right there. Okay. So part of our goal for this is to – kind of help you guys get your name out there, whatever, um, to get more NIL deals or whatever we can help you with. Uh, what's your social media handles or how can people get in touch with you? Yeah. Um, my, you can message me on Instagram. Um, it's Griffin Merritt and then the number two, um, G-R-I-F-F-I-N-M-E-R-R-I-T-T or on Twitter. I'm pretty sure my Twitter's public, so it might be a better place. Um, it's just at, uh, an uppercase G underscore merit and then the number 10. Um, so anybody, you know, I'm open to, uh, 
you know, anything. So if people um, have anything that they think I could help out with, then, you know, feel free to reach out. Especially Duncan. Yeah. Duncan uh, Donuts. Duncan, if you need my, I can give you my direct line if, uh, if that's what you need. So if uh, whatever I got to do, man, whatever I got to do. All right, Kirby, give us your handles again. Um, you can follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Volley Fingers. You can email us at volleyfingers at yahoo.com. And then you can follow me on Instagram at kirbyconnell35. Uh, Griffin, like I said, thank you um, for getting on here and uh, opening up your life and just letting us get to know you a little bit more. Um, can't wait to see you tomorrow and um, hope you have a safe trip back to Cincinnati, Ohio. Yeah, Curb, thanks for having me on here, man. I've been uh, I've been looking forward to it, so uh, um, I really appreciate it. It's a pretty cool thing that you do, and um, I'm happy you have me on here. And uh, thanks, Jeff, as well. Yes, thank you. I hope you have enjoyed Stash Talk. We will have a Stash Talk next week. Um, you can check us out on Spotify and any of the podcast um, platforms. And tell your friends about us, and we'll see you next time on Stash Talk.